Thank you for making me wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. Psalm 139.14, New Living Translation. Welcome back to Restored, A Journey to Healing and Wholeness. I am your host, Fernita Bode. Have you ever been bullied or attacked and you have not done anything to cause it? Have you ever tried to become perfect because you are made to feel less than if you make a mistake? Have you ever lost yourself trying to be what others have decided is your identity? Would you have handled the situations differently if you knew that God made you unique? Listen as my special guest, Regina Randall, talks about childhood trauma that followed her into adulthood. Welcome back to Restored, A Journey to Healing and Wholeness. I am your host, Vernita Bow, and my special guest today is Regina Randall. Regina Randall, thank you so much for being on my podcast today. I am You're super, welcome. Super, super You're welcome. Excited, excited to be here. here. I am <laughs> super excited that you are here. First of all, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Ooh, that's always a loaded question for me. You know, <laughs> if I could be honest, you, I'm still walking through the journey of okay. who I am and where honest. I'm going and what I'm doing. I'm living day by day. I am a mother. I am a wife. I love my kids. Can I give a shout out? Elijah Randall, Samuel Randall, Richard Randall is my husband. They are the rock of my heart, right? This That's what keeps me grounded in all the things that I do, particularly because now I'm in therapy. God has graced me to be on this journey to be able to help other people heal and become whole. So that's where I am right now in my life. And I know that there are other things, other visions, other goals, other dreams that he's given me. And I'm just taking it one day at a time. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> and, and I think that's a great space to be in. I really yeah. do. If you could do one thing in your life right now, what would that be? I would sit out on a patio with my feet kicked up, watching flowers and drink a little coffee and just enjoy the space that God has me in. Enjoy where I am right now, living in the moment. And if you could go one place, mm. anywhere in the world, where would you like to go? I've been a couple of places because I was active duty Navy that I'd like to go back to. I love Spain. I love Greece, but I have not gone to Paris. So I think Paris is a place that I like to go. Oh, you're giving me some good questions. You're making me think. <laughs> <laughs> Paris is a place that I would like to go. I would also love to go to Africa. And the yes. reason why I would love to go to Africa is because I just enjoy like the dances and the atmosphere and the music. And so I would love to be able to experience that head on face to face. I'm watching it and maybe Egypt. Those are three. I said three places. You said one and I gave you three. <laughs> and that's strictly okay. So tell me about your podcast, the name of it and why that name. My podcast is called Faith and Theory. And that's actually a journey within itself. Now that I think about it, because I worked for about 13 to 14 years in the federal government, and I just was not elevating the way that I felt like I should. I was, I kept hitting glass ceilings and I finally just had to stop and ask God, what was it that he wanted me to do? What is it that you want me to do? And God said to me, counseling. And I'm like, 
can't possibly be calling me to counsel because I have no idea. My family is jacked up. I'm jacked up. I got all this <laughs> stuff that's inside of me that's got to be worked out. But God walked me through that process. And when I became a therapist, I realized this is one of the things that I am called to do. I'm purposed to do. I would do this thing for the rest of my life, even if I wasn't getting paid for it. That's when you know you're walking in your journey, your calling, right? That's right. This whole process, though, has allowed me to personally heal. God used this as an opportunity for me to learn how to walk through the things that I have personally been experiencing in my life from being bullied, from experiencing rejection, feeling like I was alone, having bouts of depression, uh, at some point having suicidal thoughts. Like I've experienced all of these things. And God used therapy as my therapy, right? To walk right. me through it, to have an understanding. Faith comes in, in the aspect that I am a believer. I am a Christian. And what I learned is that a lot of the things that I was learning from a therapeutic perspective, it has a basis in scripture. I know the people who probably put it together didn't know that, but because I'm reading the word of God, I can see how they both marry up. Right. Right. And then being in the religious community, a lot of times, unfortunately, we fear going to therapy because we think that going to therapy means that we're not having enough faith in God for us to heal. And I want to debunk that. Hence the reason for faith and theory to show people how faith really does marry up with theory. It really does. And it gives you permission to go somewhere, seek somebody out and get made whole. Having a therapist does not mean that you are saying that Jesus does not work in your life. What it says is that I'm trusting God, that he is going to help me get through this. And I'm going to use the resources like a therapist to help walk out the practical aspect of that. That's exactly right. God can heal you. He can yes. do anything he wants to do. He's mm-hmm. sovereign any way, any how mm-hmm. that he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. But he has graced us with people who can help us. Right. So that's just like the analogy that if you're on top of the house and there's a flood happening and the waters are rising <laughs> and somebody comes by and say, can I help you? And you say, no, I'm waiting, I'm for, God. Wait God. I'm waiting for God. <laughs> and you say, looks like you need some help. You know, the water is really rising. And they say, oh, no, no I've prayed about it. I've waited for God. <laughs> he is going to save me. Then a man comes by with a life jacket and a boat to help you. And you say, sir, if you don't get off of that house now, you're going to drown. No, God is not going to let me drown. Mm. He's going to save me. And what happens? The man drowns. Mm -hmm. God sent him a lifeline and he didn't even recognize it Mm -hmm. because all that was God helping you, sending people to help you. you. And didn't recognize that God was saving him through the people that mm-hmm. he had sent to him. Absolutely. If you need the help, get you some Go help. get it. Yes. Go get it. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about your journey. God, there's so much ahead of me, but I feel like there's so much behind me. <laughs> I would say that I haven't experienced maybe as much as some people have experienced as it pertains to grief or external things. Most of my experiences or my journey pertains to internal, what I felt about myself, what I felt about my worth, what I felt about my value. The journey for me throughout this life has been me becoming whole and understanding who I am. I dealt with a lot of self-esteem and Mm -hmm. uh, low self-esteem and questioning my abilities. I even had moments where 
I knew that I was capable of doing something and I uh-huh. wouldn't do it to the fullest because I was afraid of what people would say. Yes. I was afraid of being in a spotlight. So my journey really has been about me embracing who I am. And can I say that I got there through God? Mm-hmm. Like when I was able to learn who I was in God, in Christ, and then whose I was, who I belong to, and that I had this glorious father in heaven that covers me and protects me, I was able to walk out those fears, walk out those concerns, walk out that low self-esteem, walk out that level of depression. It's really just been God. And that lifeline that you talk about with that man who's on that boat <laughs> and or on the house and the boat comes. It was therapy for me. It was God essentially forcing me because he knew I didn't want to be disobedient to him. So he's like, I'm telling you to be a counselor. Go be a counselor. And in that process, I learned things about myself. I learned things about who I was and how I can practically move beyond these spots. Because I was that person that went to the altar every Sunday and was praying and like, God, why am I not getting beyond this? Why am I still feeling these things? Why am I still going through this? But God showed me the way out. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about what I do. So passionate about faith and theory. So passionate about being a Christian counselor because I've gone through it. I've gone through having secular answers when I really needed someone to be able to marry those biblical principles in addition to the therapeutic principles that help me walk out this journey. I like that you said that, God, why are you calling me to this? My family's jacked up. This is yeah. <laughs> that I know you're not calling me to counseling, but isn't that how God works though? He usually usually uses the worst of us so that we can help Mm -hmm. the best of us. Because when he called me to ministry, I told him he was wrong. Oh, that too. That too. I didn't do it (laughs) for years. I said, I said, God, I said, now I might do a whole lot of stuff for you, but I'm not going to preach. No, let me tell you something. God called (laughs) me into ministry in 2003, right after my son was born. And I negotiated all the way up to 2014. So it was 11 Honey, years before I was, I was accepting that calling. <laughs> I was 13 and I was, and I didn't really accept the calling until 2017. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. was what, a few years ago. Right. So I understand. But yeah. I mean, and even that is a journey. When we talk about journeys, it's that, all about, and, and here's what I've discovered. The things that God has called us to do, you know, you mentioned something about perfectionism and I was like a perfectionist. I'm, I'm, I'm recovering. I'm, I'm going to declare that I'm recovering perfectionism. I'm recovering. <laughs> <laughs> but when we talk about that, one of the things that God has showed me on this journey was that the reason why I was a perfectionist and I was high function, like I'm high functioning when it comes to work. I get awards. People talk about how good I'm doing. They don't understand though that the reason why I'm like that is because there was a level of fear. God had to show that to me. You're performing so well because you're afraid of what people think if you fail. That's it. If you fail, that level of perfectionism, God had to work that out of me. And that was another reason why I didn't want to do counseling. I didn't want to do ministry. I'm like, I am not perfect. I'm going to show people flaws. They're going to talk about me. They're going to laugh at me. And God had to get me to a place of saying exactly what you said. That's what qualifies you. 
it's what qualifies. First off, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Can we talk exactly. about that? Exactly. So it's like, it's almost beneficial for me to be weak because then God can show up so strongly. But he has shown me that because I was weak, because I have experienced these different things in my life, that's what qualifies me to be able to reach out my hand and hold someone else's hand and say, I'm going to walk with you on this journey because I know exactly how you feel. I've been there. I know what you're going through. And when we get to the place where we realize that our journeys are not for ourselves, mm, they are so we can right help there. someone else. Mm-hmm. They are so we can help someone else. Mm-hmm. And I heard you say perfectionist because you know that's my thing. Mm-hmm. You know that I'm recovering. I'm recovering. I will say I'm <laughs> <You> recovering. <laughs> but I know mine came from a very early, early age mm-hmm. when um, being raised by my parents and I was an excellent student. But because things came easy to me, I couldn't perform badly. Like mm. I couldn't bang home bad grades. Like if I brought home a bad grade, it was like not looked at well. That permeated throughout everything in my life mm. about how I live my life, how I raise my children, everything. Mm. It put some bad habits in me and in my children's life that I wish weren't there mm. because you're always trying to do everything yeah. right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I, I can remember my daughter telling me one time, we were getting ready to have a birthday party for her daughter. The house had to be clean. Everything had to be immaculate. Everything mm-hmm. had to be in place. Mm-hmm. By the time we got ready to have the party, we were so tired. Until and I anxious and irritated party. and frustrated. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying that to say, where do you think that your perfectionist character came from? It's rooted in rejection. Okay. It's rooted in rejection. If you think about the reasons why, like really get down to the reasons why we feel like things have to be perfect is because we don't want to be judged or criticized or ridiculed. If you have ever experienced being picked on in your little mind, this is when we're young. If that's happening, you feel like if I don't walk this way, if I don't talk this way, if I don't behave this way, if I get this just right, then people won't pick on me. Mm-hmm. So you become a perfectionist at making sure you get things right. And then if you also been rejected, it could be a level of bitterness or fear or both where you've been rejected and you're like, well, I just got to get this perfect so that people will accept me. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. I can be pretty enough, if I can be happy enough, if I can be all of these things, if I can do my job well enough. People will accept me. They will love me and they will give me the attention that I've been looking for. But it's really a facade. Yes, it is. It's really, it really a facade because they're they're loving the behavior and not you. People who love you, they're going to love you beyond your perfectionism. They're going to exactly. love your flaws and everything with it. So I think that it's rooted in having experienced judgment and criticism and rejection. And so for anyone who wants to move beyond that because perfectionism, let me just say this, it creates anxiety because when you don't get something right, you start driving yourself crazy. And the funny part is if you actually stop just for a moment and look around, no one is even watching you. You're driving yourself crazy. You want that salt shaker right in the middle of the table. That's right. (laughs) When when no one else cares about that salt shaker. (laughs) Nobody cares. But you want to make sure that everything is perfect and everybody else around you, those who love you, 
they're looking at you like, why are you worried about that salt shaker? Get somewhere and sit down. Uh, and look, and the people who came to the party, they could care less about how the house looked. They were coming to the party. That was like craziness. We had <laughs> bleaching counters and putting stuff just right. Them people yeah. didn't even notice that stuff. They no, don't care. They don't care. <laughs> if you have people in your home, and this going to set somebody free. If you have people in your home and they worried about how your house is looking and whether or not you perfectly bleach something and make that refrigerator okay they don't need to be in your home exactly those are not the people who truly love you and who are your friends that don't mean that you should live in a pigsty but you shouldn't have to be anxious about somebody coming over your coming over to your house and being worried about what they're going to think about it that's the person that just doesn't need to be there because they're not allowing you to live in freedom I hope it does set somebody free because my daughter had to set me free with that. Ooh. She really, no. They Thank God for children. They say your children will teach you because they she had to really let me see my, what? Look, it don't matter. It really does not matter. And if we show up to your house and it's not clean to their satisfaction, first of all, you need to remember you didn't invite them anyway. Exactly. And if it's anything that they don't like while they're there, you got two choices. You can clean it or you can leave. That's not what you should be concerned about. Mm -hmm. You should be concerned about just being able to enjoy the company and have mm -hmm. a good time mm -hmm. while the time is going on. Absolutely. And she really had to get me in that space. And even today, I do some quirky things still. Like I'm recovering. <laughs> you know, you said something about love. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it's just like that unconditional love that mm -hmm. Jesus shows us. That love without criticizing, that love without judging, mm -hmm. that love without having to make people feel some kind of way, <laughs> that love that people don't make you feel like you got to fit in, but love right. you just the way you are. Mm -hmm. And you said something about you having been bullied when you were younger. Tell me really how that made you feel. So it puts you in a place of confusion. That's the word that, that comes to my mind right now. Because, you know, I never really thought about it. It puts you in a place of confusion, especially if you're just trying to live your life. If you, whether as a kid or an adult, you're just trying to be who you are freely. Mm -hmm. And it, it particularly stings if you haven't done anything. Like right. I've had times, many times where I was bullied by people who eventually came back and apologized because they had to acknowledge like it wasn't you, it wasn't anything that you did. But can you imagine to a person who is experiencing that and they haven't done anything wrong and then they can't run and hide? You, right. you don't have anywhere to go because they're right there with you that you're experiencing all of this stuff and you just don't know why or how right. to escape it. And so I think I felt confusion and it went from being confusion to despair. If I'm going to be mm -hmm. honest, a uh, route to depression is really just feeling like there's a lack of control and a lack right. of hope. And so I could not control my environment. I couldn't control how people were treating me. And I became hopeless. It went from confusion to feeling despair and hopelessness and then retreating back into your little cocoon to say, I just want to stay in the background. All of these things just shape our personality, doesn't it? Yes, it does. You just want to stay in the background because if I can just go and not be seen, then I don't have to worry about anybody picking on me or bullying me. Oh, yeah, I can do that. I can 
talk, I can speak, I can run, I can sing, I can do all these things. But if I do them well, it's going to put me back out into the front, into the spotlight where I get to get that ridicule again, that judgment again, that criticism again. And all those just bring up those same feelings. So it's like going from things being chaotic to things being depressive and then almost like calm, but in isolation because you're Mm -hmm. withdrawn. Mm -hmm. You experience all those different things. You know, we talk about grief, right? Your grief, you're losing yourself. You're losing your um, freedom, your identity. You're losing who you are because of your circumstance. So I guess I can sum it up by saying it's a level of grief. And did your faith play a part in how you dealt with that? My faith absolutely 100% played a part in it because I was well into adulthood before I actually started getting over those things, Mm -hmm. well into adulthood. And it started with me learning who I was, really it did. I'm very passionate about helping young women because the thing that I learned is that if I had just had someone to tell me who I really was, not who people was telling, not like what other people were saying about me, but if I had known when I was younger and people were calling me names that I was fearfully and wonderfully made, would I have received that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When I, if I had known that I was unique, would I have received the ridicule as harsh as I did? If I had known that before I was formed in my mother's womb, that God himself knew me, what he gave me is that when I say, I know you, it's not just, I know who you are. I know you Uh intimately. I know everything about you. I know your brain. I know your quirks. I know your personality. I know everything. And this was even before you were thought about with your mother, you wasn't even formed in her womb yet, which means that God spent time with me. If I had known all of those things early in my youth, I would not have accepted the ridicule or the rejection. It would not have impacted me as much. And so as an adult who was still feeling those things, God had to show me who I was in him. Like, I need you to dispel all these lies. That's really what it was about. He was tearing down strongholds and lies that was built up in my life to show me who I really was and to break me free. And then, as I said earlier, he took me into therapy. So he broke me free spiritually from what I was feeling. And then he allowed me to become a therapist and in my study to learn even how to walk myself through that. So yes, I'm feeling despair. And yes, I know that God loves me, but somehow emotionally it's not lining up. Okay, well, let's do some journaling. Let's do some positive affirmation. Let's get out into this sunshine. Let's start living each day for what it is rather than, you know, living in this pet. Like God had to walk me through that. So my faith is really what started that journey. And then he just supplemented it and added to it with the things that in the natural, like the therapy. I think it's ironic that bullies are people who really need some therapy because hurt people hurt people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They're feeling some kind of way about themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason that they treat other people the way Mm -hmm. they treat them. Mm -hmm. And they really need the help, Mm -hmm. but they won't seek it. And that was a way that God helped to set me free. He helped to set me free by understanding. I'm telling you like this, he has shown me how to marry up this faith and therapy. He set me free by allowing me to be able to understand personalities and people Mm -hmm. and their experiences and that people hear me clearly. People 
are the sum of their environment and their experiences. We really are. We are a product of our environment. And so, whereas I may have been carrying hurt and resentment and bitterness because of the stuff that I experienced um, throughout my life, when I'm able to step outside of myself and look at them the way that God looks at them, and then look at them from this therapeutic perspective to say, you know why they did this? They were hurt and they were wounded. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest thing that God taught me was to understand people's capacity, mm. to understand their capacity. So if That's I good. have someone who is um, abusive in my life, let's just say I use that for example, if I have someone in my life who is abusive as the, the victim, I'm going to look at them and go, this person is horrible. They're just abusive. They suck. They're jerk. Whatever the case may be, they're just not nice, whatever it is. If I'm able to step outside of that, now that doesn't mean to stay in that environment, but to be able to move beyond the pain, the hurt, the bitterness into a place of forgiveness. When I step out of that environment and I see this person spent their life being abused by their father or their mother, they Mm -hmm. were rejected. They were hurt. Mm -hmm. It doesn't excuse the behavior, but it helps me to understand the behavior. And as a result of that, I am able to release it back to the person that it belongs to you have some issues yes and so i'm going to forgive you because i understand why you have those issues now go and get some help and i'll pray Mm -hmm. pray for you exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you've told me a little bit about your faith journey you've told Mm -hmm. me a little bit about some of the personal things in your life let's hear about this new journey that you're on Mm. let's hear about this counseling journey let's talk (laughs) a little bit about that okay I'm still on that journey and I'm loving it. I'm loving it because I'm growing in this journey and I'm feeling fulfilled in this journey because I'm able to help other people grow. And then God has given me so many visions. Can I say that I haven't even touched the surface with my toe yet? You know how you see somebody getting ready to get in a pool and they just put their foot in it and (laughs) say, (laughs) I haven't even weighed my toe in the water yet. I mean, God has been speaking to me about having different type of conferences to help people, um, having different type of retreats to help couples, um, starting a school, a university to help people who are um, socially and economically disadvantaged, uh, having a podcast, especially for people who they just can't afford to come to therapy. Can I be honest? Like therapy Mm -hmm. can be expensive and not everybody can afford to do that. And so my reasonable service to God because I love what I do is to be able to give people some information that can help them on a journey even if they can't afford to sit down on the couch everybody exactly. needs help right exactly. and so God has just given me all these different visions and these dreams of how I can just be a servant to him part of really what my counseling journey is is my ministry mm-hmm. it's me actually just walking in the calling that God has has purposed me to he's destined me to that's the journey I, and I love what you say about all of the visions that God has given you, because mm-hmm. when he called me to ministry and everybody kept trying to push me in the church, mm-hmm. like saying that I was going to be behind the pulpit, mm-hmm. I can preach. Yes, but mm-hmm. that's not where God has called me. Right. My ministry is not a ministry of the four walls. Right. My ministry is happening outside of the church. Right. This podcast is my ministry. 
Absolutely. My ministry to be able to give, that's my ministry. Absolutely. My ministry to be able to serve when others can't, that's my ministry. That's your ministry. So you I, are your ministry. The sum exactly. of who you are is your ministry. That was another reason why I was like, I don't want to be in church behind a me pulpit either. all the me time. Either. Now, I love speaking. Let me not, let, don't get me wrong. Me <laughs> Being able to speak really has become a passion of mine because essentially what I'm doing is teaching. Right. That's all I'm doing. I'm right. helping the captives be set free. That's exactly. it. And so I don't want to be bound to a pulpit, but that is part of what God has called me to do. And when you talk about your ministry, not just being within four walls, that's what I assume. This is a part of God showing me who I am, right? I assume that ministry meant that I had to be in a church every Sunday, standing behind a pulpit uh-huh. and uh-huh. preaching his word. And that's not what God said to me. And when I was early on in this... I prayed to God because I I love music and I just wanted to be involved in music. That's it. And I told God, okay, I surrender this, but I am asking you that even as I go into grow into ministry, which is what he was calling me to do, that you please allow music to be an intricate part of my life. And he has, but as he grew me, here we go with the journey. I thought that I was asking God for what I wanted. God began to show me that I was asking for what was in his will. So he delighted in giving it Mm. to me, showing me that, you know what? Part of your ministry is worship. Part of your ministry is setting the captives free, like counseling. Counseling is my ministry. Um, Teaching people is my ministry. God began to show me that ministry was not just in this little box that I had put him in, but it was in all the things that guess what was a part of me. That's all right. the things that I love doing. It's a part of me. Look, people always talk about how I'm a talker, right? And who would have thought <laughs> that this podcast <laughs> where I just get to talk to people is a part of that ministry. So guys, like, I know you better than you know yourself, girl, just follow me. <laughs> and that's what he told me too. But listen, my dad would always tell me, don't talk so much. You make people not want to be around you. But I just couldn't help it. I love to talk and I still love to talk. Yes, yes. But I made a post this morning, and I'm sure you saw it, about how we go years and years and years trying mm-hmm. to figure out what it is we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Well, we all have that thing that mm-hmm. we've been blessed with that mm-hmm. we can do naturally, that mm-hmm. thing that's a part of us. And that's the thing that's going to prosper us. So why do we keep going around looking for that next big thing when everything we need to do what we need to do is right inside of us? I think because people tell us that we shouldn't do it. And like we listen people, to people tell us and we listen to people rather than that still small voice that's inside right. of us. Because right. we all have a dream. We all we have dreams. But somebody told us that to dream was far-fetched and that you need to come up at them clouds, right? Right. That, right. That, that that could never be you. I mean, I would never in a million years when I was growing up have thought to myself, be a therapist. I didn't even know what a therapist was. I don't understand that. I don't know what it means. I don't know. Like, what do you mean a therapist? You know what right. happens in this house? Stay in this house. Now, we ain't talking right. to nobody. And if right. you go talk to somebody, that means you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. I never in a million years would have even thought about that, except that God exposed me to something different. He exposed me to truth. And so what I began to understand as he walked me through this journey, and here's the thing, God didn't dump it all on me at one time, walked me step by step through the journey. And the more that I surrendered to him, the more that I saw myself coming out. 
Yes. I discovered who I was and what it was that I enjoyed doing and the things that I can laugh about and just be in fully. I would have never thought that I would enjoy this podcast as much as I do, but I do. And it, God knew it though. <laughs> he told me to do this. Isn't it amazing when we come to the realization that our life is really just a journey mm -hmm. and it's already been preordained by God mm -hmm. and he knows what's best for us and knows what it is that we're going to do. And Absolutely. when we finally release ourselves to be completely in his will and mm -hmm. to do what he wants us to do, mm -hmm. isn't it just amazing how he just shows us the way? Absolutely. Absolutely. He just shows us the way. And we tried for years trying to figure it out. <laughs> and God trying to do it our own way. As <laughs> once we say, God, okay, I surrender. I mm -hmm. can't do this no more. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Whatever, Lord, whatever. Mm -hmm. And he shows us exactly what he wants us to do. Absolutely. I think God is just amazing in that way. Yes. So another okay. big question before we get done. You got good questions. <laughs> <laughs> What do you see your children bringing to the world? Oh, honey. See, that's an easy question. That's one of the things that God has shown me. So my family loves music. Go figure, right? God answered uh -huh. that prayer through my family. And so my oldest son is right now, he's in college. He started his freshman year. He's majoring in music okay. and he wants to be a music production. He wants to be an, a Christian rap artist. He also wants to teach music. He has all these things that he's doing and he does them well, right? And God has actually shown me visions of my son being on the stage, not just doing music, but doing ministry, like saying it, praise be unto God. And then my baby boy wants to be in film. And my baby boy, because we've always talked to them about like spiritual warfare and things in the Bible, we look at the Bible like it's a big story, right? Uh -huh. And so my baby boy, because he wants to be in film and he wants to write books, he wants to write stories in a way where kids can understand the Bible and look at it, the stories like they're fun. And yes. so that's something that he wants to do. And I've seen him right there doing these things, directing these movies and being on the stage talking about it and ministering. And, and my husband is in audio engineering and he loves music orchestra music so it's we're surrounded by all of this music and all of these beautiful things and God has shown me that they will be called to greatness so even if I don't see it I feel like Abraham like I know it's coming and I'm it's okay already it. done it's, it's already, already done it's already, it's already done. done it's already done my children's children's children <laughs> it's already done it's already yes. done the Bible says train up a child and, and the way and, they should go. And the, the way they should go. So that when they're <laughs> old, they will not depart from it. And it mm -hmm. does not mean that they may lose, they may not lose their way. That's not right. what it means. It means but it does back. mean that you have grounded them in scripture and <laughs> mm -hmm. in prayer and in the knowledge of Christ. And when they do, they have something to come back to. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. exactly what it means. That's and right. I believe in that with, for you, with <laughs> you, girl. Your children are going to be great in Jesus' yes. name. Amen. <laughs> so as we get ready to close this interview, and I want to thank you, thank you, thank You're you. You're so welcome. You're so oh, welcome. it has been an awesome interview. And I have <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed walking your journey with you and learning with you and learning from you. Mm. But what golden nugget would you like to leave with our audience today? Embrace who you are, all of it. Um, and I'll, I'll leave that because in my journey, you know, I talked about how it was difficult for me to understand who I was. Mm -hmm. And particularly, even when I started in ministry, 
I was confused. Here we go with this confusion again from this rejection and things. Mm -hmm. And I was confused and I was doing everything I could to be this perfect Christian. Here comes the perfectionism. You see how all this is tied Uh together? I got you. (laughs) So I was trying to be this perfect Christian and I just was confused. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to get ridiculed in the church. I didn't want to get talked about. So I had to wear this right type of dress and I had to clutch my pearls and I had to use the um the church vernacular I had to do all these things and can I tell you I was miserable mm-hmm. I was miserable but God had to show me when he challenged me with this question Renita he said to me if you are changing who you are you are insulting me by saying that I didn't make you perfectly whoa you're telling me that I the God that you profess to be a sovereign, perfect God who does all things good and well. You're telling me I didn't do you good and well. You telling me I didn't make you perfectly in my image. Are you, is that what you're saying? And so when he challenged me with that, I had to then follow up and say, well, with all these things that's going on with me, with this, this mouth I have, with this personality that I have, and this boldness that I have, then how is this supposed to work when everybody else is telling me that I'm not supposed to be this person, right? And what God said to me, and I would love for your honesty to just receive this. He said, I didn't ask you to change anything about you. What I asked you to do is to let me sanctify it. I didn't ask you to change your boldness. I didn't ask you to change your personality. I didn't ask you to change the fact that you like to talk. I asked you to let me sanctify who you are. You don't have to change it. Let me sanctify it. And so this same mouth that when I was in the streets, I could cut somebody down with, God sanctified it so that I can build people up with it. Yes. This same boldness where I was like, you better get out of my face, right? I have that same boldness when it comes to spiritual warfare and praying and covering people and being there and in therapy. It's the same thing. And so I had to learn to embrace who I was. And that's the nugget that I want to give to your audience. Embrace who you are because God is not asking you to change. He's asking you to let him sanctify it. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear (laughs) that? I want y'all to hear that. You don't have to change for Christ. He made you. He Mm -hmm. knows all about Mm -hmm. you. Fearfully and beautifully made. Fearfully Mm -hmm. and beautifully made. Mm -hmm. He has done all of that. Yes. Just allow him to sanctify, sanctify it so it can be used for his glory. For his glory. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. I am in agreement. <laughs> so tell all our listeners how we can find you. Well, you can find me on my website, www.warroomcounseling.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. You can actually, if you go to my website, www.warroomcounseling.com, you can actually click on any of the links there and it will take you directly to LinkedIn, to Twitter, to Instagram, and to Facebook. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so (laughs) much for being a guest today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. You too. I am delighted that you have tuned in to this episode of Restored, A Journey to Healing and Wholeness. It has been a pleasure to share with you today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. I would also appreciate if you would like, share, follow, and subscribe so that you can stay abreast of all things Restored. Until next time, blessings as you continue your journey to healing and wholeness.